This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Grasowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Today, I'm joined by Rick Parsons, a former Executive Vice President and Corporate Operational Risk Executive with Bank of America, author of the RMA-published books, Broke, America's Banking System and Investing in Banks, and the instructor of RMA's Advanced Operational Risk Management course to discuss his Future of Risk Management white paper. Rick, thanks for joining us. Stephen, it's great to be with you. Thank you. So, Rick, your Future of Risk Management white paper is approximately 60 pages long. Can you offer us the backstory on this paper and how did you develop your thoughts about the future of risk management? Well, thank you, Stephen. Yes, for sure. Uh, Toward the end of 2019, I was approached by Ed DeMarco of RMA, uh, who shared with me the desire among risk executives with whom he had been speaking uh, to have a a white paper on the future of risk management. He asked me if I'd have an interest in it. And I jumped at the opportunity because this is exactly the kind of big picture thinking I enjoy being part of. So uh, Ed arranged for approximately 20 risk experts from around the country, uh, from various banks of different sizes, um, mostly uh, representing the risk organizations, but a few outside of risk, uh, but still risk experts. And then I had the opportunity to add a few more people uh, to an interview list. So uh, as part of the the whole process, I probably spent an hour or so with each one of these 25 risk uh, experts getting their views. We had a formal list of questions and almost every one of them came very prepared to talk in great detail about their their thoughts on the question that Ed had posed to me. So as a result of that, um, probably took a couple months of interviews, consolidating notes, introducing my own thoughts on this. Uh, The output was uh, what was this 60 page white paper uh, that you've you've discussed. And uh, I think it's, it's a picture that may not be perfect about what risk management in banking will look like in 10 years, but I think it gives uh, some goalposts that uh, will allow uh, the banks in particular to be able to think more strategically about how to align to a future uh, that um, is a lot different than the one we live today. Great. Rick, are there two or three headlines that stand out from your future of risk management interviews? Any big surprises from your interviews with some of the industry's leading risk professionals? Yes, Stephen, I'd say that the I'd say that the headline that really came across from talking to the risk experts is speed. Uh, it was very apparent, almost to a person, that the common theme that I was hearing from them was that this is not a snail pace of change. Uh, it's, it's not a slow evolution. There's something kind of revolutionary going on. And I'll, I'll describe that in more detail shortly. But it, I'd say that first thing is speed of change facing the industry. And then the second, I'd say big headline, and, and perhaps not a surprise, but talent uh, over and over and over again, 
I was hearing that the talent that was needed in the banking industry to manage uh, risk and return over the past two decades will look different than the talent that will be needed in the next two decades. It's not to say that those skills from the past two decades will be abandoned, but they will be enhanced and uh, modified. And I think, you know, for the benefit of banks improved over the next two decades. So that's, that's the, the two things I'd say, speed and talent. Surprise, yeah, there was a surprise. I actually went back to my notes on this and I've got great notes. Uh, six out of the 25 uh, executives talked about politics as a, uh, a risk that was not well understood 10 or 15 years ago, may not be well understood even today, but politics was definitely a surprise to me in terms of how passionate some of the risk executives were talking about this. And by the way, my conversations were with bank bankers from banks of all sizes and from all over the country. And several weren't even working with banks, but in uh, key roles that that supply services to banks. And so I, I don't wanna suggest that, that these, this political comment was isolated to a particular size or geography. It, it, was, uh, it, it was certainly provocative and it led to several follow-up questions, but I'd say the politics was probably the, the, the big surprise. Rick, you wrote about distinct five errors of banking in your first book, Broke America's Banking System. Your new white paper introduces a sixth error that you believe the industry is transitioning into. What can you share with us about this next era of banking and its implications to the risk community? Yeah, the implications are massive. Um, and I did not go into the interviews convinced that we had entered a new era. Uh, the current era, this fifth era, is what we moved to in 2008, 2009. And that was an era, some ways very similar to what we saw between 1945 and 1960. And, and that was an era that was in the aftermath of the Great Depression and World War II. And it brought with it um, very stringent regulatory expectations. And I think that's what we've been living through as an industry. It's been changing mod modestly, but significantly with Dodd-Frank and stress testing uh, with this fifth era. But what I was hearing in my interviews, uh, not everybody was thinking about it in terms of how I'm describing it and this, this notion of eras, but what I was hearing is we've entered or we are on the path of entering a new era. And that new era brings with it uh, much more attention to data and to um, you know, the, the whole artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning that I think we began to see uh, in the mid nineties, but it's really accelerating with this new era. And that's what this new era is gonna be about. When will it really, I think officially, if you would be the next era, it's probably around 2024, 2025, 
as we transition from era five to this new era of six. Rick, your white paper appears very complimentary about the state of bank supervision in the US. If true, can you tell us why that is? Well, um, it, is, it is complimentary. And I'd say that's a product of, of several observations. One, I think in talking to many of the, the experts with whom I, uh, I had a chance to talk, I heard a message of confidence that the regulatory community in, in the US, and that's you know, principally where it's, all the people I talked to were US based, that across the board, that the regulatory community was much more forward view of their perception of risk. And in addition, much more focused on systemic risk in their big picture understanding of, of the velocity of change of the industry. And so I'd say that that first observation goes back to the message I was hearing from uh, the people with whom I interviewed. The second, I would say, are my own observations uh, coming out of Dodd-Frank. I think Dodd-Frank, there was a lot wrong with that. And I've talked publicly about that in many RMA forums. But there was one thing that came out of Dodd-Frank that was proved to be brilliant, and that is stress testing. I am a huge advocate of stress testing. I think it was a game changer and it, it, it complements and maybe explains what I was just saying a minute ago about the, the risk executives perceptions that I was hearing. And, and that is that the regulatory community was now thinking big picture and understanding systemic risk in ways that perhaps we weren't seeing prior to 2008. In fact, I wrote a lot about that in both books. Um, and so this, this is, I think, great news for the, uh, the banking community and, and for investors in banks as well. Rick, you've been teaching RMA's advanced operational risk course for the past five or six years. Given your broad interest and experience in the banking industry, why the focus on operational risk and not enterprise or another risk discipline? Well, Steve, that's a great question. And I'd say the data has taken me there. You Yes, I had a background in operational risk management, but I was also uh, the chairman of the uh, Bank of America's um, Emerging Risk Committee. Uh, our, our whole approach and I was then, and I'm sure is still today, very collaborative. And so uh, while people may have titles that say they're in one role or another, I think in a well-run financial institution, um, the risk executives are playing multiple roles, have multiple hats on. And so when I did my analysis for the first book, I really focused in on the lessons learned from the 1980s when 3000 banks failed. And as I read the commentary from regulators on public information about failed banks, uh, Stephen, what, what the data showed over and over and over again were that the risk root causes were actually people, processes, and broken systems. And as I you know, kept reading that over and over again, yes, it's true, banks fail because of credit. And make no mistake about it, it is a credit business. But when you look at the root cause of credit failures and other kinds of failures, the path takes you to uh, 
board members, takes you to executives within the institutions who lack the skills to be able to develop appropriate processes and the, the tools necessary to identify emerging risk in such a way that they can act in a timely manner to mitigate those risks. So, you know, in the advanced operational risk management course, we begin with a, a module where I describe um, uh, that the foundation of enterprise risk management is actually people, process, systems, and external event risk analysis. You have to know those things and have a handle on people, processes, systems, and external to then have an enterprise system. And then on top of those, picture the silos of the traditional risk disciplines. And I would say, you know, credit remains the most important. All the data takes us there, but credit must be understood against the broader backdrop of enterprise, which must be understood against the broader back, back, backdrop of talent and uh, processes and systems. Rick, a follow-up to that question on op risk. What do you think is the state of operational risk management in North America today? And are, are there any specific concerns? Well, I, I'd say if there's anything good that came out of COVID, it is that it proved that the state of operational risk management is largely sound. Uh, you know, go back to the regulatory community, also go back to risk executives. In some ways, COVID was our finest moment as an industry. You know, amazing what the banks were able to contribute to society with PPP and be able to continue to operate basically without a hitch during a very tumultuous time. And by the way, it was the challenges were exasperated by uh, the introduction of a new accounting standard for credit losses with Cecil, which I've never been a fan of. I think you know we just traded one inexact science for another inexact science. And so here it is, the worst of timing. Cecil, which was eight years in the making, gets introduced in 2020 in the midst of, uh, of a COVID crisis, which further just made it confusing to uh, investors and, and others as to the state, the true state of, of credit in, in America, in North America uh, today. But with all that said, I'd say that the, the, the state is sound, however, I am not a Pollyannish about the, the state of operational risk management and enterprise risk management overall. I continue to see and have concerns that the, the old problems are not going away. And I think there's, and, and this is a key thing we try to talk about in the opera, advanced operational risk management course, uh, Stephen. I think too many risk executives and bankers and probably even more so directors they want a checklist of easy answers. Here's, the, here's what I should be doing and if I'm in op risk, if I'm a risk executive. And my, again, data doesn't take me to easy answers. The, 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 it takes you down a path of looking for complexity, looking for high velocity changes, looking for activities with great changes in volume looking for a very difficult concept, but things that are too good to be true. You know, in some ways, the stuff we deal with is, is universal. Um, 
but it, universal in the sense of what other uh, businesses and industries face. And I think in the case of banking, what we have to be conscious of is that this is a very thoughtful uh, business to be a risk manager. And you, you, we have to be thinkers. We've got to be looking at those things on the balance sheet and income statement, need to be experts on the balance sheet and income statement, need to be experts on how to harness the talent in the enterprise control functions like HR and finance and supply chain management. All of those are key inputs to being able to ensure you've got you know, the talent in place with the adequate processes and the adequate systems to identify risk in a timely way, mitigate in a, in a, in a reasonable time, and then monitor and report it. So this is kind of back to basics, but it's, it's an intellectual process as much as it is any kind of regulatory or checklist process. So Rick, to wrap up, You've been very busy writing for RMA this past year. As I recall, you also wrote an article titled Perspectives on Bank M&A Transactions for 2021, which appeared in the March 2020 edition of the RMA Journal. Why the topic of M&A? Was the industry experience ex experiencing a spike coming into 2021 like many people expected? Well, I, this was actually driven, uh, as I was told by Ed DeMarco, by uh, the risk executives uh, who have the long association with RMA. And, and I think the collective wisdom was the industry was on the brink of what could be uh, an accelerated path of, of mergers. And so what Ed asked me to help out on were two things. One was to help develop a, for RMA and the RMA community, uh, which I know so well and respect so much, a, uh, basically a workbook for how to do M&A uh, uh, due diligence. And I had, had a lot of experience that given Bank of America is really just the you know, assembly of many, many banks from around the country that, that I had the privilege of spending a lot of time in during uh, due diligences before mergers and then after mergers. And so the first step was, was to build out that M&A, if you would, checklist processes uh, that, you know, could be used by risk executives in particular in their role, their critical role in, in this. And then out of that, a second product that came from it was uh, an article that I wrote for the RMA Journal last year that dug into a lot of data about the economics. And I'm principally an investor, you know, nowadays. And so I think as an investor, and I invest in banks as well. Uh, and so what I wanted to analyze from a risk perspective was M&A risk and return. And so this, this is a great article, I humbly say, because it really gets into the economics from an investor perspective as to M&A. So now kind of wrapping all this up, Stephen, if we are entering a new era, as I think the risk executives with whom I spoke to put together that future of risk management paper, and based on some of the things I am seeing with the speed of change, which is all positive with AI, uh, with big data, machine learning, it's gonna be you know, tumultuous change ahead. But like we've seen with other past eras, 
the beginning of a new era requires banks to change and many choose not to change. And one way to choose not to change is to sell to a bank that has a stronger sense of what the future looks like. And so we know 2020, uh, the pace of mergers, which has been averaging about 5% of the banks per year uh, for the last 10 years, uh, slowed considerably because of COVID. Uh, but big picture, big, big picture, in 1981, there were um, you know, 18,000 plus banks. At the end of last year, 2020, there were just a handful less than 5,000. Uh, I'll go out on the limb today and say 10 years from now, there's probably 3,000 banks. And whether that kind of those numbers are directionally what some of the risk executives you know, associated with RMA were thinking, you know, is, is consistent with their view. I don't know, but I think the, the, the general sense is that there is a lot of change ahead and that change likely will require some banks to uh, make some changes um, that could result in more M&A. Rick, this has been a very informative discussion. Thanks again for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Stephen.